0: Good morning. It's first thing Friday so time for Fix. This is the audio version of my newsletter, made with Amazon Polly and a synthetic voice. Sign up for the email version at addictivelondon.com. Fix Friday June 17th. Supported by our friends at Bliss. <instability> <idée> HTTPS colon slash slash bliss.com slash missing something slash question mark underscore source equals the plus fix plus plus emia and UTM underscore medium equals email and UTM campaign equals missing plus something and UTM underscore content equals EDM plus one EDM. Supported by our friends at Bliss. Social. To tap into culture, you've got to be where culture exists. And TikTok is one of the places where culture is created. This quote from Adon and Exec explaining why he was buying TikTok ads does capture the zeitgeist. Everyone wants to be TikTok. Facebook are said to be rethinking their algorithm, the brief being make the apps feed more like TikTok. Pinterest is turning its TikTok-like idea pins into ads. Even YouTube have pushed their short videos and claim 1.5 BN viewers. Startups see it as the place to find customers and it has boosted sales of books and circle mineral water now valued at $1 billion but it's not all good news. It can be unclear what are ads and what are not. Photo-selling website Feet Finder got huge reach but it became clear many posts were paid, but not tagged. And they are being sued over use of children's data. ByteDance's Dooyan sees 320% growth in e-commerce sales middle.tech. Note. AdTech. The latest Zenith forecast says global advertising expenditure is forecast to grow 8.0% in 2022, a slight drop on their previous forecast. Much of the rest is to be expected, digital growing and trad declining, but one figure did stand out. The global average cost of television advertising across all audiences is expected to rise by 11% to 13% this year. Why would any brand keep paying these inflationary prices when better value alternatives exist? And when a root cause of the inflation is audience decline as the viewer shifts to the channels many brands have been slow to embrace? The relentless pressure from regulators continues. In an attempt to stave off key elements of the EU antitrust probe into whether Google has an unfair advantage because of its user data, they have offered to let rival ad intermediaries place ads on YouTube. This is quite a big concession but unlikely to be sufficient. And UK regulators have announced they are looking at mobile browsers and if Apple and Google exploit their market dominance. Keeping up is quite hard, they are also looking at app store policies and cloud gaming. Ironically this is in the same week we hear the Microsoft Internet Explorer browser is being retired, 27 years after launching to fight Netscape. Cookieless Attribution and Measurement Paper, June 2022, Hybrid Theory. How direct-to-consumer marketers are chasing customers after privacy changes, Wall Street Journal. Targeting. Our friends at Bliss have a new interactive e-guide designed to help marketers understand the real impact of ID-reliant solutions on addressable audiences and the virtues of privacy-first solutions that don't rely on IDs to achieve accuracy at scale. Changes to IDFAs and cookies have fundamentally impacted the ad ecosystem, from planning to targeting and measuring campaigns. The new e-guide looks at data from the UK, Europe, United States, Australia and New Zealand to demonstrate that almost half of the digital addressable audiences on mobile and nearly half on desktop, are being missed due to IDs. To enable marketers to uncover the people behind these percentages, Bliss also launched its new interactive calculator showing which lifestyle audiences are being impacted the most by this drastic audience deprecation, covering 10 lifestyle audiences from travelers to fashionistas. Publishing Lots going on in publishing at the moment. The Washington Post has decided not to sell their homegrown tech business, with the CIO saying, I personally think that in the long run, and by long run, I mean, 3, 4 years, not 15 years, ARC XP will be the biggest source of revenue for the post, and certainly the most profitable source of revenue for the post. You could argue that this is optimistic given they tend to partner with publishers, a beleaguered sector but WAPO see potential in enterprise customers who increasingly see content and commerce as priorities. Vox Media is a smaller media business but has been just as focused on tech and is now developing a supply-side platform which will enable them to offer better creativity in ad formats. And they have agreed to work with the Trade Desk as their exclusive demand partner. They also announced that Vox will integrate its first-party data solution, Forte, with Unified ID 2.0, UID 2. I am not sure this is quite the endorsement of UID implied, this quote suggests they are open to other solutions. The publisher's adoption of UID 2, meanwhile, signals its support for broader industry solutions that can help take these data practices and scale them for the future. Publishing content is back in vogue, with a number of businesses bolting on content. This research report argues. Instead of renting an audience, companies are realizing that owning their audiences and going direct can lower CAC and increase LTV. It describes the strategy well and lists a number of firms taking this approach, the JP Morgan acquisition of Restaurant Review site infatuation is amongst the highest profile. But this week we saw another great example, German online fashion firm Zalando bought high snobiety. The Zalando press release explains the synergy. The two companies will join forces to lead the way in engaging and inspiring customers they will leverage each other's complementary strengths by bringing together high snobiety's cultural relevance and insight, fashion authority and storytelling expertise with Zalando's fashion network, e-commerce know-how and operational capabilities. Merchant. It looks like fast last mile is to be squeezed between the cost of living crisis decreasing consumer demand for convenience and the tech wreck, as the Times puts it, drying up the supply of capital. The format will stick, but only as a niche in urban areas and most of the players will be shaken out. I can't see any of them outperforming the UK supermarkets or Amazon. A new Amazon Fresh store has opened in Hackney, their 18th, a few doors up from a Gorilla's Dark Store. Some dark stores are being refitted as customer-facing, all US Gorilla stores welcome customers to place order or pick-up orders. Much of this is in response to the strict regulators in New York, but could this be an opportunity elsewhere? Could GoPuff or Gorillas do a -a pretamanger-style rethink of local grocery stores? combining in-store and fast delivery? Hackney is full of newly refurbished grocery stores, with an interesting range of more esoteric goods, never seen a better choice of tin sardines. On delivery the more novel innovations are here, Amazon claiming drone delivery is imminent and Chick-fil-A testing autonomous delivery in Austin. Labor shortages are driving lots of experimentation, especially around defined species like college campuses. After all the hype around merchant media we are now seeing some skepticism, prompting McKinsey to do some myth-busting. Their new report says it's not an Amazon-only story nor is it just about CPG. And the ad dollars are new and not recycled shopper marketing. Most interestingly many advertisers see the space as brand and performance. It's also a global shift, as this look at the Spanish ecology shows. R. Despite all the expectations, Apple didn't give us any clues on their plans at the developer event last week. But a patent for a finger-mounted device is intriguing. Will all that muscle memory pinching and zooming be made to work on glasses? The news that Meta are scaling back their plans for our glasses emphasizes just how hard the physics are around glasses. They also plan to switch their portal from a consumer focus to a business one. Use cases for a keep appearing, Amazon are enabling virtual try-on in their iOS app meaning people can try on thousands of shoes. And Tiffany and Company use snaps are tech for exhibition at the Saatchi Gallery. Niantic Gave are the ultimate use case with Pokemon Go, but now want to build the infrastructure for R, with location mapping software for R, which it calls the Visual Positioning System, or VPS in a nod to GPS. And their developer tools are designed for building web experiences, rather than app ones. Open systems with accelerate the adoption of R, which closed ones will slow it down. A good example of open systems was the L'Oreal Makeup try-on tool, using their proprietary or tool modiface, which was part of their Amazon experience. But it seems to have disappeared. Anyone know why? ByteDance's Pico is making moves in VR, hiring talent in the US and sourcing VR games and experiences. Web3 I spoke about Web3 this week with the people behind the recent Liverpool NFT and another behind NBA Top Shots. The audience were some of the top sports rights owners globally and it's so refreshing to talk with people with experience rather than just those that get the theory. We are still seeing lots of good thinking, reports from consultancy Arthur D. Little calling Metaverse, the next digital revolution for business? And McKinsey on value creation in the Metaverse. But all the thinking seems the same, it's jolly exciting. It's going to be huge, McKinsey say $5 trillion by 2030, and we can't wait. Caring, the owner of Gucci and Balenciaga, wannabe Web3 pioneers, and the 350-strong digital team are attempting to get the whole 42,000-strong workforce on board. This interview with their CDO is good. We do see some good use cases. In preparation for my panel, I saw some great sports initiatives. ESPN now do a regular roundup of NFT projects. This week, covering a number of NBA player projects, tennis rising star Coco Gauff, and noting the Premier League have registered U.S. trademarks for NFTs. This report from German business school WHU looks at the implications for the sports industry. A sign of maturity is the arrival of the ad agencies and their practices. The publicis announcement of their chief metaverse officer, an avatar called Leon, baffles me. It feels like a dull E2 output, with a standard set of words rearranged slightly. A digiday piece on how media agencies are setting up makes more sense. Some key issues are not being debated. There is some contrarian thinking, Like Bill Gates' blasted crypto, NFTs is based on greater fool theory but that is really about crypto. How do we separate the Web3 world from the fevered speculation around crypto? Where is the free on-ramp to Web3? There are 5 billion people on the web because it's essentially free and Web3 can only grow when we remove the cost barrier. How do we simplify things? Choosing a wallet, minting an NFT, getting on Discord are all overly techie. When the information superhighway was a thing. Everyone involved needed to know about Archie, Gopher, Telnet and more. Then the browser emerged and they could all be ignored. What is the Web3 equivalent of the Mosaic or Netscape browser? Plus plus. Online Nation, Ofcom. Radio listening on smart speakers minus 10% of radio listening time is on smart speakers. Yes, we get ad fraud is a huge problem. We just don't care, the media leader. Luxury 3.0, high snobiety. Big Five own more than half of global ed market. Wallets and eyeballs, how eBay turned the internet into a marketplace, a former client back at DLKW Dialogue. The rise of the internet's creative middle class, The New Yorker. Overview and key findings of the 2022 Digital News Report, Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism https colon slash slash bliss.com slash missing something slash question mark utm underscore source equals the plus fix plus plus emia and utm underscore medium equals email and utm underscore campaign equals missing plus something and utm underscore content equals edm plus one edm.